Hey, big love fam. Welcome to Super Freak. This is a high vibe podcast, y'all, exploring all things frequencies, how they govern form, shape our realities, and are the key to living from your full potential. It's non-woo combos about super woo shit, unpacking what I call the science of self, from body and soul literacy to the power of understanding vibration, higher consciousness, quantum physics, and spiritual psych. Let this podcast become a resource for you on your journey to self-mastery. If you're curious and ready to free your mind, unlock the body, and truly become limitless, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Tally. This is Super Freak, awakening for the next gen. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Super Freak. I'm going to do a very extensive Q&A to answer a ton of questions that have come in, either through sessions, TikTok, emailed to me, etc. Just a preface, by the time this is being recorded, if you have been feeling it just in terms of sticky patterns coming up to the surface, feeling heaviness, definitely starting to see how you're creating your reality from a different perspective, then you are picking up a lot of momentum and that's a very, very good sign. Density is very heavy right now. The density is dense. So be gentle with yourself. That's why I have the super freaky yogas. That's why I have the awakening series. That's why I have sessions available for you guys to give you guys some extra support. Just to be a little bit clear about what each one of those things is. The group, the awakening series is topic focused. It's three calls. It's fantastic value. Very, very powerful. The super freaky yoga is one of my favorite classes to teach. It's very intimate. It's a one-off. You come in, it's like going to any other yoga class, but not really where you drop into the mat, you don't know the sequence that the teacher is going to be talking about if you're going to be doing hip openers or whatever else. But essentially, I tap into the group. I see what we need. Sometimes I will get a theme in advance and you get to shoot into your body, right? I put you into the zero point. I help you stabilize. I help you clear at frequency level at a deeper level. And it's a fantastic way to maintain momentum. So if you feel called to do those, I strongly suggest them only because I wish I had them when I was doing this work. I mean, goddamn, it's funny because I have people who will go off and do some other work and then come and take those classes. And I've really started to see the benefit of it. And of course, the individual sessions, which are uniquely tailored and focused to what you're working with. So I need to be very clear about what these are. If you are holding on to a lot of patterning or identity or external reference points, the one and done kind of thing where people want me to wave my magic wand and make all your problems disappear at one fell swoop is totally delusional thinking. We're just not there at consciousness. Trust me, I wish I could. Some of you, I lift a filter off and you're on your way, right? You know, you check in with me every few months and that's what you guys choose to do. Some of you actually need to be consistent with it to pick up the momentum Once that momentum picks up, you really start to accelerate and you can clear faster and you can do a hell of a lot more on your own. But these podcasts are a fantastic way to accelerate as well because they're all frequency encoded. That said, y'all, let's get into the Q&A. So in one of my videos, I talked about how you can awaken faster. This is on TikTok, my bread and butter platform at this point. I want to talk to you guys about how to awaken faster and what it really means. So at the core of behavioral change, when it comes to changing your identity is understanding how you create your reality from a pattern perspective. Okay. So what does that actually look like? What are your thoughts, behaviors, and actions around an emotion that you're feeling? Understanding that emotions are accommodating programs and that you are not your emotional body. 
Emotions are there to accommodate programs that are running. What do I mean by that? So if you're feeling a certain way about something, someone, or you're triggered, for example, by let's say the tone of my voice on a video, and I had someone actually tell me you're too direct, you don't have any empathy. And I was like, okay, that has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with the way that you're hearing me based on the patterns that you're running. So if someone is running abuse, victim, and has come from abuse, someone like me with my level of confidence, with my level of assertiveness and assertiveness in terms of the way I deliver my content might be triggering. I 100% get that because I am not going to pander to people's patterns. I just won't because I see you all from a very different perspective. So if you're coming at me telling me a whole lot of the details about the shit that's happening in your life, like I'm bored. I say that with so much love, but I like, I super am. I'm the friend that when people call me, I give them clarity because that's what people need in a crisis. You want clarity, not comfort, right? I'm going to get you out of the story. I'm going to get you into action. I'm going to get you into contrary action, which is where this question is coming from. And part of the awakening process is, okay, I am in a paralysis loop. My nervous system is shut down. I'm in shame. And the story I'm telling myself is that I'm not good enough. I can't believe I did this again. How did I let this happen? And you just start spiraling. Okay. When you're in a shame shitstorm, as Brene Brown calls it, or when you're in, at least from my perspective, I call it a loop. When you're in that level of looping, okay, the way to break that is to pop out and observe yourself, not your body but pop into a different perspective of observation. So how do I do that? How does one do that? So again, for me, when I find myself, I'm racing or my mind is racing or I'm stuck in any kind of loop or story, or I feel that my vibration is low, I will immediately close my eyes, reset myself because I need to reorient my t- myself in time. I need to reorient myself in space time. Then I will spatial reference exactly the same tools that I teach you guys. I have some other things that I do, which is several different exercises of finding different points inside of my body and then approximating the distance of those objects around me outside of my body with my eyes closed. So I use a lot more of my non-photon based sensory perception to cultivate where I'm locating myself in time. What does that actually mean? Photon is light. So we only see on a light spectrum based on what we can perceive based on a light spectrum, the electromagnetic spectrum, if you will, gamma rays, soft rays, extreme ultraviolet, you know, mid infrared, these are all extremely high frequencies. And we're also very limited in terms of what the human eye can perceive from infrared photons to I think there's three different types of cone cells, each register, you know, like a hundred different color shades. Anyway, I say all of this because we're very limited in what we can see. What I do and how I cultivate my strength with my eyes is I keep my eyes closed and I see through my eyelids and I start to perceive patterned information without photons. By doing that, it allows me to shut off more of my sensory perception in terms of my eyes and I amplify more of my other senses and that locks me into time. Then once I kind of can feel myself deeply in my body, I can start to observe what just happened. What pattern is going on right now? What is the story I'm telling myself? 
what is the events that led up to this particular feeling, emotion, reaction, audit or inventory, the actual event or catalytic event that led you to have some type of emotional response. So if you're in a group of friends, that group of friends forgets to invite somebody, that person who didn't get invited has a very, you know, is feeling a certain type of way about it. That's accommodating a program of not feeling left out, not feeling good enough. Chances are that she, that this person would have an imprinting on their nervous system about being left out there, you know, ergo a dramatic reaction ensues. So I say all of this because the moment you can step into the observer and not have buy-in to your emotions and understand that your emotions are accommodating a program, the quicker you actually can get into action. When I get into a loop, the quickest way for me to actually break the loop is to step into contrary action. Contrary action equals contrary behavior equals contrary experience. That's a very simple trifecta of how you can start to deprogram yourself. So the question is, can you explain contrary action a bit? What does that look like? So I literally just talked about that. It's a really, really good question because it's really practical. So if you're used to solving your problems the same way, for example, let's say you get in, you get injured. Okay. And you fall down, you scrape your toe, you scrape your foot, or maybe a little bit more of a serious injury befalls you. You are typically the type to not really worry about it. You don't go to the doctor. You kind of brush it under the rug. Oh, it's fine. You put a little like ointment on there. You wrap it up and you're good to go. Take two Advil, call me in the morning kind of thing. If you're the type, chances are you're running self-abandonment patterns, meaning there's not enough worthiness. You don't have enough value of self to take the necessary steps to show up for yourself. Meaning you would do that for a child. You would make sure people around you are taken care of that there, that you have information. Okay. If you fell down, you would want to go to, let's say a doctor or a clinic or something like that to make sure that you don't have a broken bone or there's not something else going on that you're not aware of. You are in the practice of action, getting into action to get information. At least you, you went through the necessary steps to show up for yourself. It has very little to do with what the doctor is going to tell you. It has everything to do with you validating that you're enough and you're worth taking care of. Really need this to land because I was terrible at this, like really terrible of taking care of myself because I had all this bullshit running underneath there. Now, when something happens, I'm a beast. I'm a fucking beast. Me knowing how to navigate not doing well in foreign countries in terms of my medical health, the last two years, three years, black belt in it. I have a fucking black belt, well-versed. For example, when I first got to Albania, I was really keen on getting blood work because I've been actively working on reprogramming parts of my cells. And so I wanted to see where certain levels were in terms of my iron and some other things that were going on. So I got blood work done. I don't like getting needles injected into my arms. I am so needle squeamish and I'm a highly tattooed person. It's very different when it goes intravenous. No, when it's on top of my, it's topical. When it's on top of my skin, I'm fine with it, but it totally gives me the willies and I'm a terrible patient. So I just said, what if taking care of myself actually became something I wasn't so squeamish? Like I embraced it. Right? So I got several different rounds of blood across a couple of weeks done, several different tests. And it was no big deal. I started to really lean into the fact like someone who really, really loves themselves and takes care of themselves and honors who they are 
goes through this process and it's no big deal. Contrary action, contrary behavior, contrary experience. I have a totally different story now about getting blood work, about how I show up for myself. It's completely different. It's not so overwhelming. It's not so scary. And quite frankly, it's it's been esteem building. Another thing you can look at when it comes to contrary action is asking yourself where the pattern came from. Where did you learn the abandonment of self? Where did you learn to, you know, avoid yourself? Where did you pick that up? What parent modeled that for you? It's not a natural response. That's typically a trauma response. When we come here, we get the handbook for how this reality works. That handbook is in our DNA. We scan our environment and we see that the opposite is happening and we create all of these strategies to keep us safe. For example, if we are in an eggshell environment with the maternal and the paternal line disagreeing, you see a lot of this with alcohol, addiction, abuse, you are noticing your parents in disagreement. The nervous system is in training to instability and chaos. It's in training to survivability. It's like on an absolute high alert, hypervigilance is being created and you're being taught that little kid is scanning the environment and seeing all the things that you're not saying, all the things that you're not doing. It's scanning your patterns and behavior, these little beings, and going, oh, okay. So she's telling me one thing, but her patterns are the opposite. That's why it has nothing to do with what you say, and it has everything to do with how you show up for yourself as parents. This is where the real work begins. Most parents don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to look at their behavior. And guess what? That's what the child is picking up, avoidance. So if you've picked up a pattern around avoidance, chances are that was during the hypnagoga state when your brain is in theta from whatever, six months old to eight years. That patterning, not yours, okay? You identify that when you're starting to observe where you picked something up, the story that you tell yourself, what you were afraid of. Ask yourself, fear is driving all of our behavior for the most part. What am I afraid people will find out about me? And what am I afraid to lose? Because typically there's a payoff when you behave the certain way that you do and you're afraid of something. So what is it? When you get down to the bottom of that, that's where things become really illuminating. And that's for me where sessions become extra electrifying because you're just about ready to break a pattern. So the next thing after observing whose pattern is it is to locate and track it in the body. Where's this showing up in my body space? People that I work on most of the time are from shoulders up. That's where all their energy is focused. Very, very few of us actually know what it means to be embodied. And that's where the party is. So when I talk to people about having outer body experiences, I'm just like, stop having outer body experiences. Stop having that be the goal. That's really dangerous. That's how you've learned how to leave yourself. It's about embodiment. That's why I'm not like a big fan of journeys and everyone that I've worked on in terms of healers, every single healer I've ever worked on has been taught to leave their bodies and project out through their third eye, get their information and then share it with people. And it burns them the fuck out. And they have no idea how to reference themselves in space time. It is a hundred percent the opposite of what you've been taught. Everything is about going into the heart space and expanding. It is inner expansion. That's the party. It's not being out and being out there and having the universe feel very, you know, very exciting 
And it's all about, you know, exploring the cosmos and having these beautiful conversations with aliens and then coming back into your body and then having that, you know, having that experience. That's really great. I'm so happy you had that experience. Tell me how that was for you in your body space. What did you learn? What did the body learn? That's what I'm curious about. No one can ever tell me what the body learned. The point of having it really, if it doesn't get to experience all of the things that you're experiencing with your mind, this is the biggest lie. The goal of awakening is to lose your mind. I really mean it. It's kind of required to merge the emotional body with the mental body. They merge. So you do not become the effect of your emotions. You observe them. That's where people can pick up on the fact that I don't have a lot of empathy. It's bullshit. The highest form of empathy is giving you clarity and being in neutrality. That's the highest form of empathy. When I hear a story about something that has happened to a friend of mine or a family member, I immediately start scanning the story to look at the patterns. Where's the pattern? Where's the incongruencies? What's the learning? I don't stay in the emotion. I don't pander to the emotion in the story. I don't stay on for two hours. And so someone else can hash it out with me. I do not have the time for that. If you want to talk about all of that stuff, and have your autonomy, go see a therapist. And I'll see you in about 15 years when that gets you nowhere. I'm not saying not to process your emotions. I'm saying to honor what they are and understand that they're accommodating a program. That's my point. And that those emotions that are unprocessed are held in the body. Don't process them out of the body. Then they will continue to stay stuck. And that is how we stay sick. Because emotions will push you out of your body until you wake up. When you're pushed out of your body like that, you get so far ahead of your body or behind it That's where a lot of the illnesses come into play. That's where really, really heavy filters start to materialize. Depression, anxiety, viruses, cancers. And this is why people do psychedelics. That filter gets so dense that they kind of need something that will chemically completely blow them out so they see themselves from a different perspective. This is to some degree where I'm not all the way like anti-anti. I need to be really clear about that. I'm just anti the abuse of them. You know, I have a three-part, maybe even four-part series on psychedelics coming out. That's going to be very, very thorough. You guys will have the history. You'll be very informed and you'll decide for yourself if it's something that you should do. So if you're feeling a lot of heaviness and there are deep, deep, heavy filters around addiction, abuse, suicide, victim patterning, it might be beneficial for you to do a ceremony or do an LSD trip or microdose psilocybin. It might be beneficial for you. And then you could supplement with frequency work. Again, if you're getting the benefits from it, mazel. If you're abusing it to manufacture enlightenment, this is where I have the issue. And this is where it becomes really damaging because you're outsourcing your own power. The idea with all of this is to become self-sourced. The tips, the tools, the tricks, the classes. What I'm here to do is to share all of this knowledge with you guys. I don't know how long I'll be doing this, but I know that I have this. I have a very short period of time that I've been shown where I'm giving it a good fucking run. And I literally am just being fully, fully guided, redefining and restructuring what all of this truly is, helping people awaken from a different perspective so they can self-source. That's the idea. 
I want to break all of these, demystify all this shit. I want to break it all down. I want to get all the woo out of it and help you guys awaken and see you guys so you can see yourself from a different perspective and truly begin to self-source. Patterns are everything. Everything is a symptom of something else. You guys will hear me talk about this on and on and on. It doesn't matter if it's a physical symptom. It doesn't matter if something you had a bad night. All of it is a symptom of something else going on. That is where shit gets really, really fun for me. And it's a puzzle because I'm constantly having to scan copious amounts of information, literally like the movie Lucy. It's crazy. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know if this is your timeline or somebody else's or why this information is in the field. And that's why I pull out of details. I just can't take it. Like if you guys want to know and be read down to the detail, I'm not necessarily the healer for you in quotes healer or the transformation person or the self-mastery mentor or whatever you want to say. But if you want a general trajectory, a bottom fucking line about what's going on, that's where I, I shine. I shine at that shit. This is your bottom line. These are your core patterns. What are you going to do about it? And it's up to you guys, how much you hold on to it, you know, how much you're going to continue the story and how much you're afraid to change leads into another great question. What are your recommendations for resistance? Ooh, such a good one. I mean, how great did that just flow together? That's kind of magical actually. So first thing I would do is when I find myself up against some, some tension and I'm having a hard time letting go of something, what am I afraid to lose? It's the first question I ask myself. And what am I afraid that people will find out about me if they really knew? Or if they really saw me, I immediately do an inventory on my fear. I do an inventory on the resistance. I give that shit a name. So if I was advising, let's say my resistance name is Jenny and Jenny is coming to me and she has a certain way that she's feeling about things. Hey, Jenny, what are you holding on to? What are you afraid of? Let me give an example. I had a really, really hard time letting go of the idea that I wouldn't have an agency anymore the same way. I had been running it. Was I really willing to let go of the name, let go of the people, let go of the clients, let go of the identity, let go of all the things that I had built, let go of the website, let go of the trademark? Was I really willing to let go of all those things? The truth is I wasn't. And I held on to it. I held on to it. I held on to it. And all it did was delay the next iteration of what I was going to build. It delayed its emergence it delayed the information coming into me. So instead, I just invested more money into the business to make it work instead of allowing it to kind of fall away and for something else to emerge. It's a masterstroke. It's really hard to do. It's really easy to get deeply attached. So instead, I held on to what I knew so deeply in terms of how I wanted the agency to run. And it became really painful because obviously there was a different path for me. There was other things that I needed to be building and other things I needed to be focusing my energy on. So I held on and I doubled down and I invested more and something interesting happened. I literally like had more identity deaths than I could talk about. And by the time I just let it go, I was like, forget it. I'm kind of willing just to walk away from being an agency owner and helping other people with their marketing in terms of direct consumer businesses. And I'm just going to advise at a high level global brands and I'll be on boards and that's it. That's what the agency is going to be. I asked myself, like, what is it that you wanted? And the truth is when I was, you know, in third person observing the resistance, Jenny, Jenny really just wanted to be heard and she wanted to have permission to do something else. 
and move out of the fear of what other people would think about her. Ultimately, there was a lot of ego pattern running, not being heard, not being seen, feeling like I wasn't good enough, like I was a fraud, afraid of what people would think about me, afraid of looking bad, on and on and on. Because I was actually able to observe that from a very neutral perspective, my solution and my resolution state inside of my body changed like instantly. My advice for moving through resistance would be to move yourself out of the story and out of the the body experience, the feeling experience of where that resistance is, like notice it, where's the resistance in your body, and then start to communicate with it as, as if it were a client or a person or a friend. There are times when I would go onto my voice notes and I would tell the voice note as if the voice note was like AI or a therapist all of my problems and how I was feeling. And I would go off five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I would just go off on a rant and talk nonstop. This was many years ago when I learned how to do this. Then I would re-listen to those voice notes and go, oh my God, it's so easy. You're just in loads and loads of fear. How's your vital force? What have you done today to take care of yourself? Have you eaten? Have you showered? What's the action you've taken to maintain your vital force? your your cellular vibrancy in this moment. Now let's talk about this emotional stuckness. What can you do for yourself right now to get you out of the story and get you into solution? Where's the fear being held in your body? Whose pattern is that? You know, how much fear did you grow up around? Is that yours? What how would you advise your younger self? Things like this. You start to self-source. You start to become your own, you know, higher intelligence. You start to tap in to an older, more mature, wiser version of you that you desperately want to have access to. So give your resistance a name. I kind of call this inviting all your villains to the table. Like, fuck it. Give your resistance, your shame, your low self-worth undeserving, your imposter syndrome. Invite all them to the table, hear them out, and then start to deprogram them through the body space. Where do those things hold up? Like when I get in fear and when I get really tight, it's all in my shoulders. So I go into my shoulders. I talk to my shoulders a little bit like, hey guys, what pattern is there? How can I help you get more relief? What am I holding on to? Do I need to take a break? Am I pushing myself right now? That kind of stuff. So I talk to the information that's in the body. Sometimes I give it a name and then I inventory it in terms of What emotion is it holding on to? And how can I invert the emotion to help create change? If you're holding on to a lot of resistance, chances are you're holding on to a lot of fear. Fear is typically held in the kidneys, bladder a lot of times too, and liver. So I will take care of myself. I'll go get, you know, some lemon water. I'll reset myself. I'll talk to the body space. I'll transmute it through intention. And then I'll take the next indicated action. Me being me now, I do frequency work around it, which is exactly what I just told you. Like I basically just can take my awareness, move it right into the location of my body. And then through my focused intention and the resonance that I'm at, just clear it. A lot of times now I'm on a need to know basis with my higher self. If it's something I need to look at and really, really, really unpack because it's going to help somebody else and I need to master it, then I will be shown the exact process or I will go through that exact process come out the other side, master it, and then go teach it. That's pretty much what my process has been and what I signed up here to do. That's why I've had so much crazy shit happen to me. So that is my advice for moving through resistance. Is our patterning affected more by members of our family that we know better 
compared to parts of our family we've never met or is it equal? I will say this. Typically, you come in with an epigenetic patterned set of sequences, okay? Things that never got transcended in many in the lives before because you're the latest rendition of your family lineage. Then your immediate family around you, people who are raising you, the frequencies that are around you the most, regardless if they're blood or not, the frequencies that are around you in terms of people, places, and things become how you entrain your own resonance too. They become the backdrop to your life. Eventually, no matter where you are, you will start to entrain to that environment. So it's all external patterning that matches your internal patterning and sequences. Those things become very complementary. It's no accident that you were born in the place that you were. It's no accident that you were born to the people that you were born to. Everything is at soul level agreed upon. I know this is where I get wildly unpopular. People think I victim shame because how are you going to tell somebody that a baby that's born with autism that they chose that? First of all, it's very loaded. Autism is not natural. Immediately would look at the epigenetic patterning, why that baby got out of time, what's going on with the brain coherence, what happened to the baby getting enough oxygen, was there complications in the pregnancy itself, or was there just a pre-embodiment issue? And I can't even tell you how many babies, babies I'm seeing that are just loaded with toxins, loaded with heavy metals because of the foods. We already know that transgenerationally, we can pick up pesticides that were used in the 1800s. Those pesticides create pathogens that feed off of heavy metals and copper, and all of that causes all kinds of crazy viruses in the system, from Epstein-Barr to herpetics, et cetera. So just understand that's why they say who you hang out with becomes your reality. It really does, because you're in training to people around you and their frequency. So if you're surrounded by people who are low vibe, they will continue to drag your frequency down, or you will continue to have to be the one to work really hard to keep your energy clean and then boost the people around you up. You got to boost them. The best thing you can do is to separate yourself, maintain your boundaries and require people around you to raise up and start to match you. Some people will pace and some people will not be able to do so, including family. I will tell you, whatever is for you will come back to you from a higher level order provided that you maintain your own spiritual integrity. I cannot say that enough. Truly looking to awaken faster, it requires you to let go of shit faster. The things that you think you are, the patterns that you think you're holding on to that are creating your identity that is not your identity, you just think that it is. People's places, things, and pets, partners, jobs, clothes, stuff, all of it. How quickly can you let all of that shit go and move into non-attachment? How quickly can you break the consumption loop? This is where things get really, really exciting because you truly, truly start to fully unplug and see where you have had so much buy-in to the reality around you, around what you think and perceive to be real. Okay. People have a lot of buy-in to status. They have a lot of buy-in to stuff. They have a lot of buy-in to money. And it's all bullshit. I will tell you right now that all of that is not going to help you awaken faster. It's just not. Yes, of course, you can invest in yourself in different ways, but there's plenty of free resources out there. I give out plenty of free shit to help people understand themselves from a different perspective. It's truly come, it truly comes down to you being able to have the courage to say, stop, enough is enough, to stand up for yourself and be willing to step into contrary action which is exactly what this podcast really is all about. How do you change behavior from a higher level order, from a higher perspective, stand up for yourself and 
move into a higher version of yourself that has a different level of awareness, a different level of perspective, a different frequency that naturally magnetizes more abundance because abundance shows up for you naturally when you're on path. I'm just telling you. When you let go, when you have more flow, it just shows up. It requires a deeper sense of trust of self. That's why letting go of who you think you are is critical and learning how to self-source is critical. So I'm going to leave you with this on basically three questions you can ask yourself if you feel stuck. What do I really want? What is holding me back? What small steps can I take today? Very, very simple. Most of us feel like we get stuck. We don't know how to move forward. We get into paralysis. Our nervous system shuts down and we can't do nothing. I get it. Just observe, observe how you're feeling And then start to question why you're feeling that way and where those feelings, where you picked those feelings up from. Where were those modeled to you? How did you adopt those feelings? Where did they come from? And then step into some little tiny baby moment of contrary action. If you feel like you're a little stuck, if you're a little bit down, switch the energy up, right? Like get up, go for a walk, come back, and then just do one thing that will move you towards relief, I promise you that's how you start to deprogram yourself. And then you start to identify it in the body. You get more refined at it. You get faster at it. You get better at it. And you awaken. You awaken at a faster rate. All right, you guys. In the meantime, stay curious. Question everything. Be kind to yourself and others. Do not take any shit. Don't settle for less than you know you deserve. And I will see you guys on another episode. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please make sure to leave a review and follow the fun on social media because that's how it works in this world. In the meantime, get your freak on. I'll see you in the next session.